With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red as we continue our series of summer specials ahead of Forest returns to the Premier League after 23 years. And it's something different this week because Forest have not been in the fancy Premier League game, well, ever, I assume. So we're going to focus on that. Uh, it's a bit of a personal indulgence, indulgence because I love FPL. So I'm going to pick the brains of one of the best FPL managers in the world, in Mark Southerns, who's also a big Forest fan. Mark, thanks for joining us. How are you? Hi, Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm loving the summer so far. Um, Obviously, it's not still not sunk in that we're going to be in the Premier League, and every day we seem to be linked or signing to signing a quality player. It's, I've never have we had a preseason like this. I can't remember one. No, not at all. No, it's mad, isn't it? The players. I mean, we were talking before we started about the quality of players Forest are bringing in. How are you feeling about Forest as a Premier League club? You watch so much Premier League football. Do you you feel they're on the way or on the way to competing? Actually, on the pitch before we even get to FPL. I I think so. I mean, the players we've been linked with and the players we've brought in so far, it, it's a it's a very good start, isn't it? And we seem to be getting business done quickly and efficiently, right? That's what's that's what's encouraging. I think I think we kind of knew that not only have we done the business on the pitch by by winning the player final, we'd already done the business off the pitch in in making the changes we needed to recruitment to kind of get the players in that we needed. But I wasn't expecting it to happen. So seamlessly. There was a bit of a delay, wasn't there? I was a little bit worried. We weren't making enough signs. But then they, they started to come and they're coming at a good rate and the quality of what we're bringing in looks to be of the right level, I would say. It's it's kind of, we're not going for that top echelon championship player. We're going above that. We're going at you know, some proven Premier League quality. And most of the signings have been players that are you know are young enough with, with their value locked in, right? And that's what's key. So I'm really encouraged with what we've done so far, and I'm really encouraged with some of the names that we're still being linked with. Um, a brief apology for those who are watching. I look like hell because I've got COVID. My hair's an absolute mess, and I've been exiled to the spare room for last week. So you'll see a signed 2011 shirt, I think that is there. So I've got my wife exiled all my memorabilia here as well recently. It was on the stairs, but it's, it's been moved now for those <laughs> who are watching on YouTube. Is it moving around the house? It's eventually going to end up in the loft, isn't it, Matt? That's it. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like <laughs> <laughs> my what? stuff, yeah. I'm in the shed. That's why, you know, this isn't a room in my house. There's no way I could get away with this being a room in my house. This is my shed, just to be clear. It looks like a proper broadcast studio. The, the secrets of top-level podcasting. We'll come onto your podcast and let you plug it later, certainly. What about... Um, Foresters and FPL side. I mean, you know, last year I got saddled with Brandon Williams for weeks on end and I had Emmanuel Dennis when he got sent off and captained him like so many people did. But yeah. generally the promoted clubs were, you know, a bit of a disaster zone last season. Do you see Foresters, you know, a club who could have two, three or four, you know, decent assets through the season? Yeah, easily. I, I think that, you know, already... Obviously, people are going to gravitate towards Brennan Johnson. The secret's out. I think most FBL managers who played the game more than one season know already that he's the asset that 
many are going to look at. Um, I'm a bit disappointed he came out as a forward. I, I wanted him as a midfielder, but even as a six million forward, I think he he promises a lot for us, uh, uh, both in terms of you know Forest, what he delivers on the pitch, of course, but also in FBL. And I think, um, you know, there's one or two others straight away and there's more on the way. Like I think Henderson, of course, we can talk a bit about him later, but, you know, Nico Williams, if he comes through the door, which looks like it's going to happen, I'm sure by the time this goes out, it would have been signed and sealed. And he's four million, right? So mm. a four million defender who plays week in, week out is always a feature of, of FBL. Um, we've had some real characters in the past that have filled that role for FBL managers and Nico Williams, I think, I'm obviously unbiased, but I think he could be a real gem because obviously we know what Jed Spence could do in that position for us. And I've every reason to believe that Nico Williams will slot seamlessly into the same role and be given that same pushed up in home matches. And I think his contribution to our season is going to be pretty significant. So I think Nico Williams at four million in defence is going to be a bargain that a lot of people are going to latch onto. Let's come on to a few of those names then. I've knocked together a draft with featuring three Forest players in the squad. This is kind of the core of my own draft. I mean, people watching in the mini leagues I'm in, you know, don't copy this exactly. Don't think this is exactly <laughs> my team, but I yeah. Can, yeah, Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, Chilwell, or James, and Salah are definitely going to be in it. I suppose I'll just read it out for people who are listening on iTunes. This this comes exactly to 100 million. So I've got Henderson in goal at 4.5 million, Alexander Arnold at 7.5, Cancelo at 7, Chilwell or James at 6, Perisic at 5.5. Salah at 13, Madison at 8, Martinelli, I really hate that pick. I'm, I'm not, I don't know why I put him in. I don't know how many minutes he's there. Martinelli at 6, Saka at 8, uh, Holland at 11.5, and then I put Brennan in at 6. That's the starting 11. And I've got Olsen, 4 million, Williams, 4 million, Pereira, who's probably going to Fulham at 4.5, and Cameron Archer at 4.5 to make up a team. I do uh, uh, indulge myself a little bit. Does that look like a decent enough squad to you, uh, Emma? Yeah. How long have you played FBL? Because that is not uh, a first draft of someone who's inexperienced. That is a, a pretty good first draft. So I played uh, last year was the first year I played because was I had it? my appendix, not appendix, I had my gallbladder out. And so was it all play FPL coming to our league? And I got obsessed with it. So I started watching your FPL black box about Christmas time. <clears throat> Excuse me, with all the COVID cancellations, I didn't know what I was doing. And then I ended up finishing 62,000 in the world, which seemed pretty, pretty decent for my first yeah, year. Yeah. Very so, decent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got well into it. So, uh, yeah, that's the that's the core of it. And I've I've just watched your colleague as pick a draft on uh, fancy football scouts. So, uh, yeah, I do get a bit too into it later, later in the season. I've tried tried to stay away for the last few weeks, but once the prices came out, couldn't really avoid getting sucked back in. So, what it's, do you think of that? It's a rabbit hole, isn't it? Once you start, you realise what material there is out there. So much content, you can just go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. Um, a really competent first draft. Um, I think the only player that leaps out to me, well, there's a couple. You're right, Martinelli might not be a great pick. But having said that, you know, with the five subs all, I think he's going to get on the pitch every game. Mm. Maybe maybe Saka and Martinelli is overkill. Madison, I think they've got poor fixtures to begin with, I think, Leicester. Um, so I, that's the one slot that I'd probably rethink, maybe. Um, but overall, it, it is, you know, you, you've got a lot of the kind of... Um, community pick so to speak and that you're on Pereira before he goes to Fulham you're on Nico of course as I said the four million pick mm. um, and you know I think Harlan and Johnson will be a very popular 
fun too uh, amongst the community this season. I'll tell you, I might switch Archer for Roy, uh, Roy, like Liam Delap as well. Yeah. And then Madison, I think, might become Grealish. I mean, we'll go on to voice players and we're going off on a tangent. I, I think Grealish is going to have a good year. Do you think that may be a second season thing under Pep for, for him at seven million? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that. I don't know what that's based on. I don't based know. It's pretty for me. Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm seeing a Grealish in a lot of first drafts and. It stands to reason there's going to be an improvement because he was so disappointing last season, having absolutely you know blown people away for Villa, and he you know he 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 got me a lot of points when I got him in, and I got him in early when he was at Villa last season, the season before last, rather. But yeah, I guess he is going to improve, and I think it's very difficult to get a City player in other than Haaland in attack. I don't, you know, it's Mares perhaps, but we've stung by him a lot. If you played FBL a lot, you know how inconsistent Mares can be. Foden as well. It's so difficult to nail down that City midfielder that not only he's going to start every game, but he's going to actually perform. I guess for the five subs again, you're going to see a lot of Grealish on the pitch because he's either going to start or be brought on. But I don't know. I, I, I think there's there's some good players around his price point that I kind of prefer. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people are looking at Neto at Wolves because of their fixtures and he's underpriced at 5-5. Five, five. I think that... Yeah, yeah, I just I think almost like Mares could be a better bet. If it depends on, we've got to look pre-season. We've got to try and do the impossible, which is like read Pep's mind with his team sheets. Um, I think like Palmer as well for Man City. He's four or five. He's going to be a player that I think Pep will want to bring into the first team picture more often. And with five subs at four or five, I'm looking at him as as a City player to have on the bench because you know a four or five player who plays ten minutes. If you're going to play 10 minutes for any team, it's Man City. He can get me something, I think. So I'm, I'm actually looking at him rather than any other City player. Um, Haaland, of course, a lot of people are going to gravitate to him. But I'm kind of... The template is so established. You know, Salah and Haaland are going to be the two most popular heavy hitters, as we call it, picks for most lineups. I'm trying to see what I can do by not going with them at the moment. I'm looking at Diaz. I'm looking at Jesus. Um, but certainly Brennan will be in my team, I imagine. I think Nico Williams will be as well um, if he goes to Forest. And yeah, Henderson is close. I think I think there's a lot of four or five keepers that are decent. Uh, and I think um, I think I may well actually go up to a 5-5 five five even and look at Edison because they, they've done something interesting with the keepers this season. They've made the top echelon keepers, Edison and Allison, only 5-5, five five, which means that it's not obvious to go straight to a 4-5 option as it has been in previous seasons. So... Could be Henderson for me or Raya at Brentford or I might even go up to an Edison. Uh, yeah, they're the three I had in my drafts. I did have, I mean, Raya, Brentford got better fixtures, so I might end up with Raya if I've got Henderson in for this purpose. I mean, for Forest fans who haven't played before, you don't have to pick 4-4-2. What formation do you think's best this year? Well, I, I normally go heavy in midfield and go five across the middle. Um, looking at the way they've done the pricing, though, the wing-backs are so attractive. They haven't really inflated the prices too much um, in the wing-back position. So, Cancelo, Trent, and the two Chelsea players, James and Chilwell. Um, you've got Trippier and, and, and Massey Cash, a favourite of ours, of course. Mm. So, there's a lot of good wing-backs or attacking full-backs that have been priced really well. So, it is tempting to go five at the back. I think I'll certainly go four at the back. I think, I think four, five, one might be the best formation and be the most popular, but because I want Brennan as well as a as well as a, a top 
price striker. I think I might well go for four four two as well, um, and have um, you know rotating options in midfield and in defence to bring in and out to change formation depending on fixture. That's probably what I'll do. So four four two with the flexibility to mo- move to two three five two or or four five one basically because of Williams at four million. And because I'm biased and would want him if he's at Forest, I think I'm going to be tempted into going him and then going four, four of the more expensive defenders with Williams and then go five, five midfielders that I think can play if I need them uh, and probably Brennan and one, one expensive striker up top with a cheaper striker. So I'll have the flexibility to go either four, 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 two or five, four, one. Depending on on fixture, really. I mean, I want to play Brennan week in week out. Though that this is the thing, it's it's a it's a head versus heart debate that we're going to have all season now. I'm not I'm not used to having this in in many ways. FBL kind of replaced my my forest obsession, and I never <laughs> I never really thought the beams would ever cross. I actually never thought that I would be in the position that I'm in this season, where my obsession with forest would overlap with my obsession with FBL. And get in the way, and I, and it is going to, I think. And and the big question is, is it going to mean that I do worse because I'm too loyal to Forest players when I shouldn't be? Probably, but I'll I'll, I'll gladly take that on the chin just to enjoy it. You mentioned Brennan. You're not put off then that he's not a. Maybe he should have been a midfielder, I think. But you're not put off that he's listed as a forward. No, I, I think that. You know, last season was the worst season we've ever seen for forwards in FBL. I mean, a lot of them struggled. Um, and then, you know, in the end, you know, Pookie and Tony did well without actually excelling. I mean, they both kind of came in the top four or five strikers over the season in FBL just by grinding out the goals and assists that they did. So no one did particularly well up front. Obviously, Kane was a standout. This coming season, we've obviously got Haaland in the mix and a lot of FBL managers are going to look at them. I think, you know, a 6 million or a 6-5 striker is going to be a popular. And I look at Aaron e and I look at Johnson, and I think one of those two, I think, will find their way into a lot of areas. Um, I think Brennan is more than capable of getting 10 goals, 10 assists. I think I saw you talking about that with Temps, about what do you think he'll get. Yeah. Um, I do think that 10 goals, 10 assists is obtainable for him. I think, you know, we've got to expect he's going to kick on every season. Every season we're going to see an improvement. And I think that um, while he'll, he'll come up against a better class of defender, I think that his his level of improvement will be enough to compensate for that. And we'll see the kind of returns that we saw last season. He isn't going to get 18 goals, but I think he'll get double figures. And there's always an end. I mean, his, his quality is his end product. And this is what I'm telling people who don't know him. Right? He, he's not necessarily a very flashy player, but his end product, um, the quality of his finish or the final ball is often on point. And... I think that will mean he will get returns. Does that put him ahead of Awanee? I had Awanee in a draft at one point, but is he maybe 10 goals and a couple of assists maybe for Forrest? Yeah, I mean, looking at his assist record, he's not a player who is that creative based on what I've seen in the Bundesliga. Um, and he's unproven, right? He, he's not proven in the in, in the English game. So although he was at Liverpool, he never, he never got on the pitch for him, did he? So... You know, I think that it would be a risk going Aaron E over Johnson. Um, but that's not to say Aaron E could be a absolute you know, banging player in FBL. He could well be, and I hope he is, because that'll mean that Forrest will likely stay up. So there's a lot on there's a lot riding on those that front two for Forrest. 
and I hope both of them succeed. So I hope I have got that dilemma of, oh, shall I go with Amani? But I'm going to start with with Johnson, I think. Um, and I think that he is a, I think he's a safe bet for good returns and, and value for that six million. Anyone else from Forest that leaps out? <coughs> I suppose. I mean, before we started to run out of complaints, I mean, Ryan Yates is one. He got nine goals hmm. last season, but five million feels maybe like he's half a million overpriced. Yeah, if only had been four or five, I think he would have been like my four or five option to to like you know volunteer to people. But I think obviously there's a lot of questions over how he will adjust to the step up. I mean, not so long ago we were wondering if he was championship quality, and he he proved us all wrong by getting in the team of the season and excelling last year. Like you say, nine goals, seven from set pieces. I think more than any other player in the championship. So he's got that set piece threat, which no matter what what level you're playing at, could get in returns, right? If we can get someone who can deliver to Ghana's quality, um, then Yates will be a, a problem for many teams in set pieces again because he's got that time in the runs. He's good in the air. So I think he could be a good option. But at five million, that yeah, that just takes me over the edge a bit. I, I think I find it hard to recommend him at that. A four or five, he'd, he'd have been certainly in consideration, but five minutes, I think they've just have just priced him out a bit. The other name I've written down is Gibbs White, who hasn't signed yet and might not sign, but kind of optimistic he will. He's five five. Who's if he comes, he'd play that kind of zinc and eagle role or off the left, cutting inside. Great season at Sheffield United. He feels like a really good option to me at that price. Yeah, I think I think Gibbs White would be my pick of all the Forest players, even maybe ahead of Brennan if he arrived at the city ground. I think that number 10 role, as we know, is pretty crucial. You know, the, the two forwards tend to drift out wide into the channels and allow the, the 10 to come forward. Zinconagel got in a lot of good positions. I think one of Zinconagel's you know, weaknesses was his end product. He he, he often missed opportunities or, or missed that final ball. And I think Gibbs White is a significant step up. Um, in terms of quality, if we got him in, I think he he's going to be a great asset for Forest, and I think that will translate to FBL returns as a result. So five five is a good price as well. He's a player that's only like Brennan's only going to get better, um, and he was outstanding for Sheffield United. I mean, he really caused us problems, didn't he? In that second leg, it was an absolute nightmare. So I think I'm I'm I'd love him to be in a Forest shirt at the start of the season because uh, I think he he definitely would be a great FBL asset. I just looked at the ownership before we started of Forest players. It's, oh, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, Henderson is at 8%, which feels sensible given his Sheffield United exploits. Brennan's 5.4. Our knees, 2.3. Uh, Jack Colback's 4. Um, have a guess who the highest owned player is. It's at 12%. Yeah, I can see it. I've got it up on my screen. It's, ah, okay, Lyle, yeah. it's Lyle Taylor, yeah. yeah. Um, just because he's a 4-5 forward, and I don't know whether, whether it's, it's expected that it'll get on the pitch. Obviously, I don't expect him to get on the pitch. I think Savage is going to be ahead of him as as the striker that comes off the bench. Mm. Um, Savage at five million is actually maybe not a bad pick. It's actually difficult to find a really cheap forward yeah. who is likely to get on the pitch. And I don't think that is Taylor. I think it's more likely to be Savage, but you've got to pay an extra 0-5. So yeah, Lyle Taylor is going to have that. He's going to be one of those players with a notoriety of being a, a bargain without actually at being active. Um, but often that, that can work in your favour in FBL. I remember having Colin Quainar for, for Huddersfield when he was in the Premier League and, you know, he he, he hardly ever threatened points. He, he didn't even start a lot of matches, but 
because he was cheap, he enabled me to spend elsewhere. Mm. And so that's what that's what Lyle's doing for people there. He's enabling people to spend their money elsewhere and that they'll hope that he plays some part if they ever need him to come off the bench, but I can't see it. What about I mean you mentioned sorry, sorry is an interesting shout, isn't he, at five million coming off the bench. He's got a, he's a finisher off the bench. And mm. with the five subs, I mean, he's not the worst pick, is he? At five million? No, I don't think so. I think, I think, like, he's he's going to improve as well. I mean, we saw he took his opportunities brilliantly when he came into the team, and he's the type of forward where he can come on and in fifteen minutes, take an opportunity, take a chance. He's he's got that level of finishing. Um, I I, I think we need to see who else Forest are going to recruit in that area. There's talk that we could be bringing in another forward. If we don't. You know, if we if we go into the season with Aaron E. Johnson and Savage as the main backup, then I think absolutely five million might be uh, a decent a decent punt. But to be honest, I think Forest are going to be one of those teams where you don't want to tie up the three slots because I do actually think of all the teams, certainly compared to Fulham and Bournemouth, we have we will have at least three players that you'll want over certain periods of the season. So. Going with Savage is a good option, but actually I'd want to keep my three forest slots open so that I can react to form and fixture. And there might be parts of the season where I have three forest players. Probably won't at the start. I'll probably just have Brennan uh, and one other. But I couldn't, you know, it depends how we do. I think, you know, FBL managers react to form quite early. And although we've got a tough start, we've got that little spell, haven't we, after five or six game weeks where... We've got a run of games where we could pick up some points and we, we hope to. And if we go into that with a little bit of form, a little bit of promise, which I hope we do, then I think we'll see a lot of teams with three forest players around that time. Yeah, I've got the first six here, which, <clears throat> I mean, it does put people off in a, a way. Mm. But in Newcastle, West Ham, Everton, Spurs, Man City, and then the Bournemouth, Leeds, Fulham Run, Villa, Leicester Wolves. I think that's where it really kicks in. I mean, do you think... It's a bit of a heavy heart thing again, but maybe you do avoid Forest those first five games, then you jump on them, or is it better to get in early and try and use them as a differential if they do surprise a few people? I think we're bringing in so many players, and it's likely, isn't it, that Newcastle game we're going to have what six, seven, eight new signings on the pitch. Yeah, and although I've got every faith in Steve Cooper, and he is a, obviously a fantastic manager and coach, it's a big ask to get six or seven players gelled in your starting lineup for day one away at Newcastle. I think we're going to start fairly slowly. You know, if we can get, if we can pick up some points over those first six games, I'll be delighted because I think it will take us five or six games for, for Cooper to get, you know, the squad together and gelled as one and understand the way he wants to play. If we were bringing in two or three new players, I wouldn't be so worried, but the level of change that we're bringing in, I mean, it's great because we needed that improvement in quality. But to start the season with seven or eight new players on the pitch, I think it's going to take a while for them to get used to what Cooper wants and the style of football he, he wants from them. So I think it's going to take, you know, a month, six weeks before we see the forest that we really know. So we've got to be patient. And because of that, I kind of will lightly just go forward with Brennan. I'll probably have Nico Williams because he's four million and he can be on the bench. Mm. Um, but I think it'll be some weeks before Nico Williams makes it into my team because I think it's going to be some weeks before Forrest settle down and have that pattern of play that we saw last season. Like, I think the advantage we've got over Fulham and Bournemouth is I think we've got a 
definite system of play, a definite style of play that Cooper wants. I think and hope he's not going to change that. I hope that we're going to go, certainly at home, we're going to attack teams and, you know, maybe sit back and, and let them have possession of the ball, but attack really swiftly and play the kind of football we saw so often last season. Uh, but it's going to take a while for us to get into that groove again because of the number of new faces. If that's, I can put you on the spot. I suppose these players come in brackets, don't they? If I throw a few names at you, it's a bit head versus heart again. I mean, if it was a pick between... Is that police car going past my house? <laughs> Let that go in case people can hear that. One sec. Blimey, is it? Or an ambulance? It's a fire engine. Oh, my God. Okay, I live in a sleepy village. We don't get that very often. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, three names uh, in goal. If I was say Henderson, Raya or Sanchez at Brighton, who's the best pick there for you in that four five four point five million bracket? I think I would go Raya because of the fixtures. Mm. Um, I think that I think Henderson's got ev- Henderson was like the second best keeper when he was at Sheffield United. He, he got one hundred and sixty points, thirteen clean sheets. I think ninety seven saves. So he will get his points from from saves and from bonus points because saves generate bonus points. So, if I think Forrest look on track to keep 10-plus clean sheets, Henderson is definitely could emerge as the best 4.5 option. Right now, sitting here now, I think I'd be happy with seven or eight clean sheets from Forrest. Now, that's head ruling heart. Mm. If I was saying heart over head, I would say, oh, Forrest are going to get 12, 13 clean sheets, but I don't I think that's optimistic at the moment. I think early on, I mean, Cooper's more or less building a new defence, from what mm. I can tell. Um, I think we're going to keep the three at the back, um, but it looks like he's given himself, or he's brought in some recovery pace with Nia Catty and um, being Coney. So um, I think we'll start the season with the back three that we saw in the championship, but I think, or maybe Nia Catty will get in on the left side and maybe we'll see uh, Cook make way. Mm. But I think, I think after maybe a couple of months, that defence will settle down and we'll see we'll see what it can do. And I think when I'm when I've got more data at hand and I'm a big manager who looks at stats, and if I see that Forest are beginning to improve in terms of the opportunities they're giving and the quality of the op- of the opportunities they're giving up in terms of XG conceded, then I think Henderson could be the four point five keeper to go for. But I'll I'll start with Rayo. I think Ray is a better option at that price. What about if I was to say Williams, James Justin, and uh, Johnny Otto, maybe because Wolves, or Aiden Nori, because Wolves have got decent fixtures. You have to pay mm. a bit more for the latter ones, and Williams is four. Who would you go for there? Yeah, I think Johnny. Johnny's like, I'm tempted to go with him because of the Wolves fixtures. I mean, the Wolves, Wolves are a defensive team. Mm. And as we know, we're not really a defensive team. We we defend well, but we're not we're not, you know, match after match, sitting back and 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 offering very little going forward. Wolves Wolves did that for periods last season. They they didn't look interesting going forward at all. It was like they were relying on the counter and they didn't have quite enough on the counter. This season they got Neto. I don't think Traore will make it into the first eleven, but Neto is a big plus for them, getting him back fit. He came back last season but didn't look totally fit, but I expected to be sharp this season. So he's a good pick and and I think Wolves again will play largely on the counter and they've got a good keeper and a good defence. Um, they've lost. They've lost Saez, but I think you know they've got enough to to fill that gap. And I think Johnny, as we saw last season, well, he ended it well. He actually got forward quite a bit in the mm. wing back role, 
got a couple of goals. So I think Johnny at 4-5 is a great option. But but the reason why Nico Williams is so attractive is because he's 4 million, right? And so you bring him in as a fifth defender. You don't play five at the back. It gives you a while to see how Forrest settle and see whether or not you want to play five at the back and bring Williams into your team. But in the meantime, he can sit on your bench. So that's why I think that's so attractive. And that's that's where I would go. So like for like, if I was choosing a player to get into my FBL 11, it would be Johnny. But if I was choosing a player to get into my squad from the start, it would be Nico. If he, We're talking as if he's there already. Perhaps he is by the yeah. time this comes out. But yeah, right now, we'll go with him. Yeah, if the deal collapses, then people are going to be really annoyed at us watching this. On, yeah, on absolutely. <laughs> the last one to throw at you, I mean, Mitrovic has failed so many times, but people are going to go there again at 6.5 million and Solanke... I think mm. 6.5 million off the top of my head. He might be No, he's sick. 6 million. He's, he's, he's in my team at the moment. He's 6 million. So I was going to say Solanke, Mitrovic and, and Brennan as the three talisman of the promoted sides. You might favour Solanke at the moment. Bournemouth have got a tough start though, haven't they? They have. I mean, I, at the moment, um, I've got um, I've got Jesus, Solanke and Johnson up front. Uh, You've not got Haaland Hall- or Kane? I haven't got Holland or Kane. I've got Son in midfield. I'll go for my. Should I read my team out as it stands? Yeah, I've got yeah. I've got Edison in goal at the moment mm. with Balkan as a four million player. Uh, Nico Williams at four million um, when he's when he goes to Forest. I've got a placeholder in at the moment. Robertson, Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, Chipier, uh, Luis Diaz, Sterling, uh, Pereira, Andreas as he's known in the game. Son, Neto, Jesus, Solanke, Johnson. That's my first draft. Now, I've gone deliberately against the template, so I haven't got Haaland and I haven't got Salah. I've gone with mm. Sterling, who's probably gone to Chelsea by the time this goes out. Um, I've gone Son, who would probably be my, my, my captain most weeks. And I've gone Jesus up front, who started the season. Well, Diaz is in to cover the Liverpool attack. And mm. I've gone big in the, at the back with Robertson, Trent and Cancelo. And Edison in goal, because I think of 5-5. Five, five, I think it's, you can't find another City defender that's going to guarantee you start. So at the start of the season, I think I'll go Edison and then that gives me an option to downscale to a 4-5 defend, uh, goalkeeper and free up yeah. some money. So so that's what I'm going with at the moment. I don't know how much that's going to do. Every season I make a I make a lineup really early on and go, oh, I don't think that will change much. And then come game week one, it's, it's all gone and then it's, it's completely new. And as we know, like there's a lot of players to come in. I mean, Gibbs-White... I. I'd wanna I'd wanna find a place for him in my team if he did come into Forest. So a lot will change, I'm sure. But I, I want to be courageous and not go with Salah and Holland. I want to go against that. Um, mm. because I think it'll make the game more enjoyable for me and more interesting. That's the way I like to play. And it 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 means I have bad seasons and I have really good seasons. It'll be one or the other. And probably with Forest in the mix, I'll have a bad season, but I won't care because I'll enjoy it. Um, I suppose Cucurella's away into the Man City defensively move, isn't he? Um, you know, what about Chelsea? You know Chelsea players there. You're a bit worried about them. They've lost a lot of players at the back, haven't they? And it doesn't sound like they're necessarily the happiest ship there, although they are getting Sterling by the sound of it. Yeah, I've got Sterling in my team. I think I think yeah. Sterling for Chelsea is really interesting. Sterling really has got a history in FBL as a, as a heavy hitter, e.g. a player who's expensive but gets big returns, can get 200 points plus. We haven't seen that from him in the last two seasons because he's been struggling to actually maintain a run of starts in, in Pep's team. But going to Chelsea, I see him as being Chelsea's goals. That's that's going to be their main source of goals. He might not play up the middle. I think Havertz will still play up the middle. But Havertz isn't a centre-forward and Havertz 
you know, really plays a, a, the link man role. And I think Sterling will get beyond Havertz a lot and he'll be their main. I, I think he can get 20 plus goals in that Chelsea team. I really do. Mm. And I think 10 million, he could be a real bargain. Um, the back defence for Chelsea, yeah, James and Chilwell, really good options. You've got Chilwell in there. I'd be tempted to go Chilwell over James. I think the thing with James is in a in a back five, he could end up playing right centre-back rather than wing-back, whereas mm. Chilwell's always going to either be left-back or left-wing-back. So maybe Chilwell has, although I rate James over Chilwell in a one-for-one, because James could end up at right centre-back. And given that Chelsea have lost some players and have some problems in that defence, that could be the case. I think they'll start the season with four at the back, though, um, which puts me off both James and Chilwell. Really, I want them to be in wing-back positions for me to get on board with them. So I'll see what happens pre-season. They're looking to bring in Ake, aren't they? And they might bring in one other. So if that's the case, and it looks like James and Chilwell will be wing-backs, I'll probably will go with one of them and probably, mm, probably Chilwell, yeah. There's a young lad in our mini league who finished bottom. He's a big Forest fan. He's only 16. Mm. The, the people are too harsh on him, I think. If anyone else watches this in the mini league, um, yeah, he's up on Jake. Uh, he's obsessed with Bruno Fernandes. He put him in every week. Do you <laughs> think Bruno might be a bit of a redemption figure at 10 million and Rashford at 6.5? It's an interesting yeah. big price drop. It'd be a lovely story, wouldn't it? If Ten Hag comes in and transforms Bruno back to what he was a few seasons back. He was absolute killer. He was. I mean, a few a few seasons back, as and I did a black box where we looked at uh, Bruno versus Salah, and we were like, "Has the crown moved over to to Bruno as the as the heavy hitter to have?" Mm. And you know, the data and the returns suggested it was. You know, Bruno was more consistent; his his points per match was higher. Uh, but since that season, obviously, the decline of him and United has been pretty shocking. Um, we're expecting a revival of both under Ten Hag now. Will he be able to get Bruno back to that kind of 15-goal, 15-assist player that we, he was before? I'd like to think he can. If he can, then that's going to really shake the season up. I mean, he should be on penalties, shouldn't he? He should, be, he should get them back now that Ronaldo's jumped ship, so or about yeah. to jump ship. So I, I've, I'm optimistic, and I really would like to see Bruno back to his best because I think he he really would add to the mix. And at the moment, I'm I'm a little bit worried that this season's going to be Oh, I've had I've got Salah and Haaland. I've got the the big defenders at the back, and I'm just moving around some six million players, which doesn't sound much fun. I hope, and I think it won't be as bad as that. Um, I think the likes of Sterling and Bruno could could shake up the template, as we call it. Yeah, I thought I might end up with Sterling or Bowen. I'm hoping Bowen, yeah. is the one that comes through certainly. Um, about Jed, I was going to ask you about Jed. Uh, if he, assuming he goes to Spurs, which he obviously is going to. Is he a good pick or is he going to have some, you know, rotated minutes like I think Perisic might with the Champions League? Would you maybe stay away from him even if he comes in at five million or something like that? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Conte likes to rotate his wing-backs, doesn't he? And he's going to have a lot of choice. You know, he's going to have, you know, at least two in those positions. Um, I think Perisic, a lot of people are on him at the moment, 5-5, five, five, but I think Sessegnon will get minutes and start. So it's it's tricky. I mean, what Perisic is 33 now. Obviously, Jed yeah. doesn't have that problem. He's he's very young and sprightly and full of energy, as we know. I'd like, you know, if he was a player that's that's going to start 35 games and more often than not get the 90, I would absolutely be on him at 5 million. Um, but I don't think he's going to be. The other thing is, I, I think, I don't know if you noticed it as well, like Jed towards the end of the season, it's almost like we were kind of telling him to reduce the risks that he took with his game in that he wasn't perhaps attacking 
fullbacks as much as he was in the mid-season when we really kicked on. It got when the matches got to that kind of crunch point where you know we, the result is what mattered. Jed kind of his game kind of changed a bit and he was a bit more conservative and less effective as a result. And I wonder in the Premier League whether that'll be the case as well. Because if you make a mistake in the Premier League, you're punished, right? And and he is capable of making mistakes in terms of you know taking on that one player too many, turning turning into trouble and so on. And I wonder how his game is will adjust to the Premier League because he he more often than not got away of it in the championship mm. and did brilliantly for us, obviously. Could he do that in the Premier League or will Conte tell him to calm that a bit and play more conservatively? And if he does, then I don't know how effective Jed will be as an FBL asset because he won't perhaps get as forward as much as we saw. So the jury's out on Jed, really, in the Premier League, I think. I think Spurs will feel that as well. If they get him, they'll obviously have seen what he did for us, but I'll, I think they'll be wondering, well, does that translate to the Premier League? And I think maybe it won't you know, translate directly. I think it will take a few seasons for him to settle at that level and play his normal game, because I define his normal game as being a marauding wing-back. But can he go up to that level and be that immediately? I don't think so. Well, hopefully people have enjoyed this and found it interesting. If they're new to FPL and want to get more involved and take it seriously and have a bit of a leg up in winning winning their mini-league, I did last year. People will be annoyed that if they know I got so involved. That's how I won 50 quid. You guys help me. Um Tell us about Black Box, which you do, which really drills deeper down into the numbers and the, the keys to success of the game. I do a, a kind of YouTube, which we turn into a YouTube stream, which turns into a podcast every week. We go out like, normally Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, I think we're back next, um, you know, back in the preseason now when this goes out. So fblblackbox.com, you can go to the website and have a look and that links to the podcast and the stream. So as and I do, we do about two hours. I mean, don't let that put you off, but we do far too long and we get into day two and we we go into a lot of depth. So we're known as kind of like the, the long game um, stream or podcast out there. So if you really get into it, um, we're, we're certainly one to pay a visit. But there's so much content out there. It's it's The FBL scene is 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 absolutely massive now and, and fanatical, um, as you probably found out last season. Um, I'm actually also part of um, an events team who put on a, a live event every every season, every pre-season, and that's like a fancy football fest. So we meet in person uh, and we get like, um, we do one pre-season. There's one uh, on the 5th of August, so on the Friday of deadline down in London, um, where we get you know, two, 300 fancy football managers will get together and pick their teams right up to deadline. So... You know, come along to that if you if you're getting into it. If you got into it last season, or you want to get into it and throw yourself in at the deep end, come along to Vest. It's uh, the website is ff-vest.com. Um, so yeah, I mean that will give you an idea just how how involved it can become. So I think I would say if you haven't got into FBL before, if you're watching this and wonder what it's about, be prepared for it to uh, absorb your time because it it is it can become really obsessive. So. As I said at the start, I don't know how I'm going to cope with my session with Forest and FBL all in one go. So we'll see. Yeah, last season at the end, I think from week 33, I planned out every transfer and when I was going to wildcard, when I was going to free hit, when I was going to bench boost. And it mostly came together. <clears throat> but it does get to that degree. And I think my missus was like, just thought I was ridiculous. I knew I would be like that though, because I got obsessed with football manager as a yeah. teenager. I was putting in full eight hour shifts there rather than working days and being rejected by girls. It does, does get under your skin. So FPL will if people 
uh, found this interesting. So yeah, do get involved in, in Black Box. Mark, thanks for joining us. Uh, people might notice this has been edited a few times. We've got absolute Wi-Fi nightmares, which is <laughs> driven me mad. I'll be on the phone to Sky after this. Other broadband providers are available and might do a better job. Uh, Mark, thank you very much. No worries, mate. It's been a pleasure. And just want to say what a fantastic it's, uh, pleasure it's been to be on because I've, I've watched you for months and I never thought I'd be in this position to be on the podcast talking about FBL and Forest in the same in the same breath. So, um, you know, fantastic to be on. And I'm so looking forward to next season and listening to more of your podcast. Brilliant, brilliant. It's great that you listen. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. We're back next Monday with a popular former Reds midfielder. And then I think we've got two weeks ago before the start of the season. So we'll do our pre-season predictions. I'm trying to line up Greg Mitchell to make sure he's definitely around. He's written a piece today predicting probably Europa League or something for a newsletter we're going to put out. So do check that out. Uh, and we'll be back again soon. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.